For those of you who are visiting with us this morning, and for those of you who would normally at this point be away in junior church, let me explain what we've been doing here on Sunday mornings. On Sunday mornings, we've been doing a series called Being Human. Okay? And we're just thinking about different things, about what it means to be a person, a human being, and a Christian, and the way in which sometimes those things aren't easy to sort out. And this morning, our theme is going to be being human, being... Let's try that again. Being human, being... And this is Mr. Greedy. Now, I don't know whether you know the story of Mr. Greedy or not. We're not going to tell Mr. Greedy's story in detail this morning, but I thought it would be good to have him there to remind us that sometimes we're not very good at this business of sharing the good things that God has given us. We just sang two songs at the beginning, and you all sang them really, really well, which talked about all the good things God gives us, and sometimes we're very greedy about it all. But there are lots of good things that we have, and part of our focus this morning will be thinking about a lot of the good things that God gives us in regard to food. And about what it means to not be greedy about that. And I'm not simply here thinking about how much you eat off your plate. We're going to be thinking about something else. Now here's a picture. Obviously you wouldn't get all of this on the one plate. Right? Okay? But the plate is up there and it's in different colours because it's representing different kinds of foods. Alright? Can you see what they are? What's the one away up in the top corner? What's the green one? What does it say? Fruit and vegetables. And the next one says bread and other cereals and potatoes, right? And I've got three at the bottom. On the bottom right-hand corner, the blue one, what does it say? Milk and dairy foods. And on the left-hand side, I've got meat, fish and alternatives. I can't for the life of me imagine what alternatives there are to meat. But anyway, I'm sure there are. I'm seriously affected by Kieran Lynch's influence. And then the yellow section is foods containing fat and foods and drinks containing sugar. Right, I need about six or eight of you people who would normally go to junior church to come and help me because I've got a lot of those things on that table and I've got all those plates here, different colours, and we need to sort out what's on that table into the different plates so that we can see what these things actually look like as things that we normally eat. And... I need about half a dozen people. Who's going to come and help me? Who's going to come and help me? Yes, come on. Yep. Yep, come on, Lucy. Come on. Yep. Yes, come on. Yep. Oh, another one. Yes, come on. Yes, need a few more. Yep. Yeah. Oh, now we're all coming. Yep, come on. Yep. How many have we got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten's perfect. Ten's perfect. Where's Brian? I need Brian to help me here too. Come on, Brian. Ten's perfect. Right, what you've got to do is you see all this stuff over here? I'd like you... There are little eyes popping now, particularly at the bacon. Okay, how are we doing? Brian, I, I heard a, a, a snippet on the radio just yesterday, I think it was. And it was an old sketch from John Cleese and Peter Cook. And Peter Cook was talking about how you have four miles of tubing inside you. I think that's an exaggeration, is it? Uh, four miles is probably a slight exaggeration, yes. Well, how much would you have? We were talking about this with Benny and Jane, and Jane told me it was 20 feet last Sunday, so I'm sure she's right. It's 20 feet. Okay, what, what this means is inside you, right, 
Would it be true of all these people as well? Yeah. All right, okay. Inside, so it doesn't get longer as you get bigger? Well, probably just sort of gets all bigger, but okay. not really. Inside you, there's 20 feet of tubing, right? It doesn't feel like that. But there's 20, 20 foot intestines. Absolutely right. And all your food goes down in there and gets mashed up and goes to make you the big, strong people that you are. Now, the point that was being made in the sketch was, they were talking about four miles. Well, of course, that sets it in perspective, which was, and your food travels at one mile an hour, which means by the time it gets to your stomach, it's hardly fresh anymore. Mm. I thought it was a good sketch. But you do this kind of thing. You work with our insides a lot, so you understand Mm -hmm. what happens. You see, Brian gets to see people's insides, and he doesn't even need to cut them open. We'll not say any more, but he gets to see exactly what happens to all this stuff and what it does when it's inside your tummy. So he's a bit of an expert in all of this kind of thing. Now, Brian, on these foods here, which are the ones that you think would be the really good ones for us and which aren't? Or can you say that? Okay, who wants to choose the one that's the worst for them? Start with that. Okay. If you all have a wee look at the big thing, a big uh, map or plate up there, and you can see that there are two of them that are really biggest bits of that pie if you cut it up. What are the two biggest bits? And we'll start with them. What are the two, two biggest, biggest bits of the bits? pie? Okay, that's right. So there's the fruit and the vegetables, and there's the bread and the other cereal. Now, the fruit and the vegetables are very important because they make your hair lovely and silky and they make your skin lovely and soft. And therefore, you should eat lots of fruit and vegetables because they are really good for you. So does that mean Roy Gamble didn't eat his vegetables? (laughs) Well, apparently, a a vitamin extract on your hair, Roy, is very good for you. Uh, So, fruit and vegetables, how many portions are you supposed to eat each day? Five portions each day. So you go home and you check if you've got five portions of fruit and vegetables today. So that's the first big one. The second big one are the breads, cereals and potatoes. Who's standing beside those? And they're the ones that give you the energy to play your football and to do all the games. So they're important just for giving you energy. So there you, those are the two big ones. You should be eating most of those sorts of things. So that's lots of bread and porridge and more porridge and more porridge and then lots of things like vegetables and fruit and... Yeah. Okay. Who makes the porridge in your house? Ah. Makes great porridge apparently. Now if we move on down to the bottom half or the bottom bit of that picture, you can see the milk and the dairy foods and there is a very important story for you here and that's about somebody we've already talked about in the service called Stephen Ray. Because Stephen Ray used to be that high. And then Stephen Ray thought, that's not fair, me being that high. I want to be that high. And Stephen, what did you do? He drank six (laughs) pints of milk a day. And now look at him. Yeah. (laughs) So if you want to be like Stephen Ray, you should drink six pints a day. But in actual fact, do you see that? You should be taking a little bit of milk and dairy foods. They're good for you as well. They give you calcium and they help the bones and they help you to grow up like Stephen Ray. So what's next, David? Well, in terms of this thing here, the fat bit, you see the knife bit in the middle? Yeah. The crisps and the cola and the biscuits and there's sweets there as well. Why is that the smallest bit? Ah, no. That's probably the best bit, isn't it? 
all those sweets and all those crisps and all those fatty things. Yes, everybody thinks that. And those are lovely. Those give you a lovely taste and flavour, and that's what we all enjoy. But unfortunately, after you've had that lovely taste and all that lovely flavour, all you want is more of them. So what you're supposed to do is just take a little bit and enjoy it, but not take lots of it, because too much of it is bad for your body. And the meats and stuff? Yep, the meats and the fish. And then if you don't like meat or fish, there are alternatives to various types of beans. And those give you muscles. Those help to put protein into your body. So all of these things are important. It's very important that you get a little bit of all of those. Yes, and you get it sort of in roughly in that balance that's up on that picture up there. Okay, so if we're looking at what we eat generally, we should be eating that kind of food in those sort of proportions. In those sort of amounts. Okay. And the, the great thing for us is that you can go to any shop on the Lisburn Road or just about anywhere else and you can buy all this stuff. We, we can get all of this anytime we need it. It's amazing, isn't it? I hope you like all the good stuff as well. Thank you very much for helping. I might need some more helpers in a minute, but if you want to go and sit down again for a second or two, we'll go and look at something else. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. I'm going to ask Chris to come and join me. Chris? And I'm going to ask everybody to open their Bibles at um, Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 12. And if I can just find the page here, I'll let you know where it is. It's on page 1044, page 1044 of the copy of the Bible. It's in the pew. And Chris is going to read for us from verses 13 to 21. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Then he told this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, This is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich towards God. Thanks, Chris. Now, that's a story which I'm sure you know very well. Let's just think about what it has to say to us. It all starts with somebody asking Jesus a question. What was the question that Jesus was asked? It starts this whole story. Anybody notice what it was? Right at the very beginning of the reading. What was the question that somebody asked Jesus? Yep. And there's a wee bit just before that. A wee bit just before that. You're dead right. You're in the right place. There was somebody came to Jesus and asked him a question. Right. Somebody came to Jesus. Thank you, boys. And said, tell my brother to share the inheritance with me. He felt, I don't know what the whole background to it was, he felt he wasn't getting enough. And Jesus took the opportunity to tell him this story. 
And here's the story that Jesus told him. Told him this story about how the ground of a rich man produced a lot of crops. So he had his barn and he put all his crops in. But he had a problem. He had more and more and more stuff coming. And he didn't have enough room. So he asked himself the question. He thought about it for a bit. And he came up with a solution. And what was his solution? What was his answer to his problem with all this extra stuff that was coming in? What was he going to do? Yeah. He was going to build a bigger barn. He thought, I'll just do that. Now, his reason for doing it was, he thought, if I do that, I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And I'll say to myself, just take it easy. You don't have to work again. Now, in some ways, that maybe seems seems like a sensible enough thing to do. But in that day and in that society, people didn't pay taxes and things like the way in which we do. They did pay taxes, but they usually just went to the king or whoever it was who then spent it on himself. And if everybody else was to get help, if poor people were to get help and everybody was to get the sort of help they needed, they relied on the people who had plenty to share something with the people who didn't have anything. And that happens today. Just about every grown-up in this room probably pays tax. And the tax goes to help make sure that everybody in our country has access to hospitals and health care and food if they need it and money if they don't have any money. And that's part of the way we do it. In those days, and in some parts of the world, you don't have that. And you need the people who have more to pay more. And that's how our tax works. If you earn lots and lots of money, you'll pay lots and lots of tax. Ask anybody who earns lots and lots of money, because that's the way it works. But it didn't happen in those days. So what he's doing is very, very selfish. Because he knows that all around him, there will be lots of people who have nothing and no way of getting anything, and he's just going to keep it all to himself and just take life easy. And there he is, picture of him, taking life easy just having lots of his own food and lots to drink and just lying down and not having to work again and as Jesus was telling this story Jesus said in my story what happens is God comes to him and says you fool this very night you're going to die then who will get all that you have prepared and kept for yourself well The answer is, he certainly wasn't going to get it. And it would probably end up going to other people who would give it away anyway. Or other people would just come and steal it or whatever might happen to it. And Jesus says to the man, this is a very foolish and wrong way to live. Being greedy, keeping everything for yourself is not right. So let's listen to a few other things that Jesus said. He told the story, and then he went on to make a few other comments. And Chris is going to read these verses for us. 12, 22 to 23, verses 29 to 31, and verses 33 to 34. Chris. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, or what you will wear. Life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it, for the pagan world runs after all such things, and your Father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted, 
where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Thanks, Chris. Thank you very much. So here are some of the things that Jesus said about Mr. Greedy, who wanted to keep everything to himself, and said to his disciples they should learn from this story. Jesus was saying that if you die, you can't take it all with you. It's a very foolish thing just to stack everything up and hold it to yourself and not share it with others and be greedy. He also said to his disciples in verse 22, don't worry about things like food and clothes because God knows that you need them. Now, we really don't have to worry very much. We worry about whether they'll fit us, about whether we like the color, about whether... They're old-fashioned. Those are the things we worry about. Some people in the world worry about even getting any clothes or any food. We worry about whether we like it enough or not. So it's very different in different parts of the world. And Jesus was saying to ordinary people who maybe didn't have very much, trust God, don't worry, and don't be greedy with your things. He was saying in verse 29, don't set your heart on things. I wonder what that means. It means really... Don't make it the one thing in the whole world that you really want and must have. You know, don't make things, because things get stolen, they get broken, they wear out. All those sorts of things happen to things. Jesus said, don't set your heart on things, things you can own, things you can eat. They're not the most important in the world. And he also says to his disciples very clearly in verse 33, give to the poor. So Jesus was teaching his disciples in a very different way from the way in which many people in the world around him thought. And I wonder, have we really learned those lessons for ourselves? Because it doesn't matter what age you are, and it doesn't matter how much you have or how little you have, there are lessons here for all of us about these things. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear. Don't set your heart on those things. Don't make it your big ambition in life to have lots of those things. And give to the poor. And Jesus says to his disciples, these are very important things that you should do. So I have two memory verses for us this morning from this passage. Okay, here's the first one. Luke 12, verse 15. It's part of the verse. And I wonder if we can learn it and say it together. Let's say it together first and then we'll see if we've actually got to grips with learning it. Jesus said, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Now that's a very simple, straight message, isn't it? So let's say the whole thing a couple of times together and see how well we're doing and getting to learn it, okay? Luke 12, 15, Jesus said, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Let's try that watch out like a warning. You know the way if you were about to fall off something or something was about to happen, somebody said, watch out. Okay? Let's try it more as Jesus actually saying, hey, watch out. Because that's probably what he did say to his disciples. You really need to watch this one. Okay? Luke 12, 15. Jesus said, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Okay? Second verse comes from verse 21. Let's say this one together. Luke 12, 21. A person is a fool to store up earthly wealth but not have a rich relationship with God. 
That's taken from a slightly different translation than the Bible you're using at the minute. But I think it's a very helpful translation because it makes it very clear to us the things that are important. We can have everything we could ever want in the world and if we don't have a relationship with God, we are still very poor people because we are made in the image of God. We are made to know God and God's love and fellowship with God. And if we don't do that, if we don't know that, then we are very poor. There's a whole great, big, big part of our lives that doesn't work and that isn't right. Let's say this verse again. Luke 12, 21. A person is a fool to stare up earthly wealth but not have a rich relationship with God. Okay, we'll come back to those verses a little later. I need two more people to help me. And I think uh, Jonathan and Hannah are going to come and help me. My two lovely assistants. And we're going to have a bit of a quiz. Okay, so you need to keep your wits about you. And uh, Johnny's going to look after the boys. And he's got a whole handful of stickers, haven't you? We're going to do the stickers one first. Okay. And uh, Hannah's going to look after the girls. And she's got a whole dose of stickers as well. And we've got on the pulpit here, Potato Face, all right? Do you see him? Can most of you see him? We'll, we'll raise him up a little bit later on if you can. But if, you, if you're a junior church person and you can't see him, you're allowed to stand in the pew and get a better look. There's Potato Face, all right? But he doesn't really have a face. So if we get the questions right, you'll get the opportunity to come up, take a sticker, and help make a face on Potato Face, all right? All right? So... These questions are all about a country that's very far away, okay? And I'm asking you these questions because I'm going to introduce you to some people who don't have anything like as much of this kind of stuff as we have, and we have a responsibility to share with them and other people like them, okay? But first of all, here's some questions about their country. They live in a country called Bolivia. Anybody here ever been to Bolivia? I haven't ever. Jeff's been to Bolivia. I believe it's a beautiful place, is it? But very poor in some parts. Okay, these are all questions. Now, I asked that question because he might know all the answers. All right. Bolivia trivia. We'll start with the girls. All right. What does Quechua refer to? Here are your choices. Okay. Does it refer to an indigenous group of people, a brand of outdoor clothing and equipment, or the Spanish equivalent of tomato sauce. Now, girls, those of you who go to junior church in particular, anybody know the answers? Is it A, B, or C? Only one answer will be accepted. Girls, A, B, or C? Quick, quick, need an answer. Yes? A. A, right. A, let's see if it's A. I can't do this the way they do it in all these quiz show things, you know. But anyway, yes, it's A. Molly, do you want to come and uh, help... Uh, Hannah put a sticker on here and get potato face going. And indigenous, now that's a very strange word, isn't it? Indigenous. I wonder what that actually means. Um, yes, okay, it's also a brand by Decathlon. Those who answered B can stay in the game. I didn't know that, but anyway. Indigenous means you don't actually, or you actually come from the place. We've got lots of people in this church today. Not all of them are indigenous to Northern Ireland. In other words, not all of them come from Northern Ireland. In fact, probably a lot of you are not indigenous to Northern Ireland. If you're not indigenous to Northern Ireland, would you do me a favour? Would you put your hand up just so we see who's not actually from Northern Ireland? Right. I'm a bit shocked at some of the answers that are coming here, but there you go. That's how many people are not indigenous. They don't actually come from here. That's what it means. So the Quechua are people who come from there. Right, boys. Uh, 
Where are the Andes? Are they A, on the end of your armies? Are they B, in seven countries across South America? Are they C, the Scottish Highlands? Boys, one answer only, Connor. You tell me. Yeah, B, okay, right. Yep. Come and, help, come and help Johnny here get potato face underway. In seven countries across South America. Can you imagine? Were you crossing the Andes? Is that why you were there? Oh, you went in Peru? Right. Okay. What an amazing set of mountains. It makes the mountains of Moran look really terribly small. It's a mountain range stretching more than 4,500 miles from north to south along the west coast of South America. Stretches across Venezuela, Colombia, Ecuador, Peru, Bolivia, Argentina and Chile. Okay, girls, your next question, all right? Which vegetable has been grown in space? This is girls from junior church. Is it A, the potato? Is it B, the tomato? Or is it C, the radish? One answer, and it has to be the right answer. Okay, or I'll pass it to the boys. Girls, come on, who's going to give me an answer? A, B, or C? Yes, Lucy. C, it's the radish. Let me just see what the answer is. Oh, well, actually, it's not the radish. Sorry, it's not the radish. Because if I push the button, it will tell us what the answer is. Let me give it to the boys. Boys, you've got a choice, A or B. Is it potato or tomato? Oh, the answer is the potato. Ah, So all still even. Okay. In 1995, the potato was the first vegetable to be grown in space by NASA. Right. Boys, what is the staple diet for Quechua people living high up in the Bolivian Andes? Is it curry and chips? Is it rice and noodles? Or is it potatoes and wheat? What, boys, is the answer, do you think? A, B, or C? Yes. C. Come on. I think you've got the right answer. There you are. Potatoes and wheat. You come and help Johnny here get potato face with an eye or an ear or whatever he needs. A dish known as lawa. It's all that about some Quechua families eat for every meal. Can you imagine that? Every meal. Girls. Where were potatoes first cultivated? Okay, three choices, and I want—I need the right answer first time. Ireland, Peru, or Bolivia. Where were potatoes first grown? That's what it means, cultivated. Ireland, Peru, or Bolivia? A, B, or C? Girls. C. Not C. No. Good guess, but not C. Let's see if we can pass it to the boys. Boys, is it A? Or B? Yes. <laughs> the answer's Peru. You didn't know that, you didn't. You thought we were the people. It is thought that the Inca Indians first cultivated them, them, them thousands of years ago. The Peruvian Quechua language records more than 1,000 words to describe potatoes and potato varieties. How many words do we have for potatoes? What other name? Sorry? Spuds? Patties? Patties? Yes? Murphy's? Yes? Anything else? Pretties? Yes? Anything else? Chips? Oh, no. That, that's what you do with them. Well, that's what you do with them, though. Those are the, see, they have thousands. We have five. Okay. Next question. Boys. How, well, how's his face doing? Not all that well. How many people speak the Quechua language, boys? Okay. Here's your choice. A, is it between 8 and 11 million? Is it half a million? Or is it around 2 million? I need the right answer first time. A, B, or C. Let me find the answer so that I know what I'm doing here. Okay. How many? Anybody? Okay. 
I have to pass it to the girls. It's not C, so it's got to be A or B. Girls, what's the answer to the question? Lucy. This man's not going to have a face at all. A is between 8 and 11 million people. Okay, girls, what does malnutrition mean? Malnutrition. Oh, thank you. Thank you. What does malnutrition mean, girls? Does it mean the effect on your body when you eat too much, what happens to your mind when you don't consume enough vitamin C, or a lack of proper nutrition caused by not eating enough of the right food combinations? If you had been listening earlier, C. Good girl, you come to get and help with the face. Well done, Lucy. The answer is C. It's a lack of proper nutrition caused by not eating enough of the right food combinations. We can eat all of these things, but there are lots of people in the world who are malnourished, is the word we use, because they just don't have access to these things. They're not in their shops. They don't have shops. They just can't get the stuff. It's amazing. Okay, boys, how many people are affected by malnutrition across the world? Is it 60 million, 800 million? Or 340 million? 60 million, 800 million, or 340 million? Boys, I need the right answer first time. Anybody going to take this one on? Go for it. The man says B. Is he right? He is right. Woo! Good man. But isn't that an incredible number of people? 800 million people. You would have to take all the people who live in England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, Southern Ireland, and multiply that up by what? About 16 times. That's the number of people in the world who don't have enough food and whose bodies get sick because of it. Isn't that amazing? Okay, girls. In the UK, how much does the average person spend on food and drink per person per week? Do you understand the question? Here are your choices. Is it 2267? Is it 2167 or is it 2367? <laughs> Easy peasy question, girls. I need one answer. I can only take one answer and it's got to be right first time. What do you think the right answer is? Is it A, B or C? Who's going to give me an answer? Let's see if there's anybody else brave enough to try. Okay, at the very back. Do you want to have a go? Is it A, B or C? C. I have to pass it to the boys. I'm a of fruit and vegetables. <laughs> That's the answer. Sorry about that, boys. How do we do in our quiz? <clears throat> Who won? Okay, the boys have four. But you have eyebrows. Oh, no, right, okay. Well, there's lots, more, there's lots more stickers. Can you leave the stickers there? And afterwards, you can come up and help finish Potato Face and use the stickers that are there and, and make them. Okay, one other thing we want to do before we go back soon to our Bible verses and watch and learn a bit more about some of these people. One potato, two potato, three potato, four, five potato, six potato, seven potato. Okay, now, we are used to our Murphys, our Pretties, our Spuds and all the rest of it. But for some people in the world, potatoes are just about all they have. And that was true in Ireland many, many, many years ago. And when the potato harvest failed, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people died. Now, I need someone to come and help me. I need a um, girl first. Have you got number one? Okay, I need a girl first. I need to do this very quickly. Lucy, do you want to come? And Lucy's going to read our 
Hannah's going to help her read what it says on one potato. Okay, listen very carefully to the facts, and then they're going to blue tack them up. Okay. Is all the is all that some children in Bova eat for breakfast, lunch, or dinner? One potato is all that some children in Bolivia eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And dinner. Can you imagine that? One potato is all that some children eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you very much. You need a boy. Need a boy to willing to come? Yep, come on, help. Yep. You're going to do two potato. What does two potato tell us? Just read it in the wee mic, sir, if you would. Two potatoes. Two potatoes. 20% of indigenous children in Bolivia die before their first birthday. 20%. What's that as a fraction? A fifth, isn't it? Before their first birthday. Conditions are that bad in some parts of the country. I need another girl for number three. Yes, come on, Amy. Hannah's got another one here. And don't worry if you don't think you can manage all the big words. That's why Hannah and Jonathan are here. <laughs> Three potatoes. Oh, Malnutrition. Malnutrition one in three people worldwide. Okay, one in three people worldwide are affected by malnutrition. Need a boy? Yep, come on, Connor. This is... Four potatoes. Let's see what four potatoes tells us. Yeah. More than one quarter of all children under five suffer from stunted growth in Bolivia. That's a lot. Need a girl for six potatoes. Need another girl to come and help us here. Any girls going to come and help us? Yeah. Come and read, girl. Oh, poor Hannah. I need a f- someone to come and read five. Who's going to come and read five? Come on. Anybody? Okay, Hannah, you read that one. Maybe someone will come and read seven. The UK government recommends we eat five portions of fruit or veg every day. Okay, that's how different it is for us. Six, need a boy for six? Yep. Oh, goodness, yeah, no shorties, yeah. Come on, whoever wasn't up last time. Yes. Number six, girls, you're letting the side down. What does six potatoes tell us? level of income inequality in the world? The sixth highest level of income inequality in the world. It's not a very equal kind of place to live. One more. I need one more girl to help us read the last one. Anybody? Yep, come on ahead. Oh, good on you. Good. Thank you, Helen. You read seven potatoes. 70% of Bolivian people are living below the poverty line. 70%. That's an awful lot of people in the country. Okay, here's where it is. This is a map of what part of the world? South America. Bolivia, you can see up in near the middle there. There it is. Very near Peru, where some of our people have been and will be going. And here are some of the people um, that I want you to meet. There are many Quechuan communities high in the mountains who need our help. 
As long as I am healthy and God permits, I will work with them. My name is Julian Bayo. I am an evangelical believer who has been taught that to improve oneself, I must first learn to serve others. I am the coordinator of Yanapanakuna. Malnutrition and alcoholism are the biggest problems we have in our communities in Bolivia. It is due to loss of heart and lack of work and money. Out of desperation and hunger, one seeks to forget one's needs and pains through alcohol. These are major problems here in the community of San Luis. Life in my village used to be very sad. Many children and old people died from lack of food. My name is Fausto Gonzalez, and I first met Brother Julian when he came to my community with a desire to help. The Yanapanacuna team found malnutrition in children and bad health throughout the community. In order to help, Julian introduced five special programs, agriculture, health improvements, education, a woman's program, and spiritual awareness. Yanapanacuna helped me build a greenhouse for my family. I now produce lettuce, spinach, carrots, tomatoes, and many other things. There are 300 families here, but only 60 greenhouses. I share with my neighbors who don't have one, so they can experience what is produced. Fausto and his community have gradually learned how to feed themselves properly. They have good health care and a woman's program. Now, as a community, they come together to learn about God and get to know him through stories and preaching. Our children are the future of this country that I love so very much. They are the hope in our communities. I am certain they will achieve far more than we have. I am sure that unified together and with God's help, we shall overcome all our problems. Yanapanacuna are a blessing. They help us come out of poverty and learn a better way of life. Whenever you go home today after church, you can have a conversation around um, your dinner table when you're talking about how you think you might be able to help these kind of people. Um, We're running really two projects at the minute. We have one running which is connected with Leonard, one of our church members who's working in. So when you're eating today and having your lunch, maybe one of the things you could do is talk about how you think, either as an individual or as a group of people around the table or as a family, that you could help other people as well. Okay, let's finish by rehearsing again our verses that we learned earlier on. Okay, Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Jesus said, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. And Luke 12, 21. A person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Here are some of the people that we saw on the video a little early. Ordinary people like you and me 
families that are living and trying to grow up but don't have anything like the resources that we have. All the stuff that we take for granted. All the things that allow us to be healthy and strong. And part of our challenge as Christians is to think about what God would have us do in relation to how other people in the world live and not to be greedy. So what is it Jesus said? Jesus said, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A person is a fool to store up earthly wealth but not have a rich relationship with God. Because all the wealth in the world you could have, if you don't love God and if you don't love your neighbor as yourself as God commands us to do, it all really means nothing.